church. Amen. You know what David said? I was glad. I wasn't mad. I wasn't sad. I was glad. So I'll ask you again, who's glad to be in church? Just want to thank Luke and the team for the really kind invitation to be with you this morning. It is a real privilege to be with you. We're really excited as a couple, as a church, just about what God's doing with you. Just coming into the building, you know, just seeing how fresh the building looks, seeing how great everything is. is, is. Just seeing how many people there are. We're just really excited about what God's doing with you. And um, it's just an honor to be here today. Um, and you know when God's doing something, when you... You turn on another church's kind of online service. Sometimes I'm a bit of a geek. I like to know what the other churches around are doing. I like to know what they're saying. I like to know what's going on. And you turn on another church's online message and you discover that they're speaking on the exact same passage you've been speaking on. Um, what makes it even more exciting is they're preaching on that passage as their vision for the year. And as a church, we've been, uh, our vision messages have been based around Isaiah 54. So when we opened up and started to unpack our vision messages for this year, we started like you do in September with new vision messages. And there was a tension in me because I knew Luke had invited me and I thought, well, I'll just see, you know, what Luke's doing, what Luke's speaking on, where the church is going. And there was this tension in me that we've been doing Isaiah 54. You've been doing Isaiah 54. What do I speak on? And, and I, was, I was really torn because I didn't want to detract in any way from what Luke's been doing. And don't get me wrong, the Bible doesn't change, but I know one thing. If you give the same verse to ten preachers, you'll get ten different messages. And so I wanted to be really careful with this message. I love what Luke's been saying, you know, extend, don't hold back, expand. And, and, and my prayer this morning is that I don't take away anything that Luke's been saying to you, but actually what, what I hope God's given me will just complement what you've got. Um, and I just want to just bring out something that God laid on my heart regarding these verses. Um, I've got these verses. I love the amplified version of this passage, and I'll just read it to you if I can. It says this, enlarge the sight of your tent to make room for more children. I love that. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare them. Lengthen your tent ropes. Make your pegs or your stakes firm in the ground, for you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will take possession of nations and will inhabit deserted cities. And there's a promise there, because if you read the first bit of, of Isaiah 54, it says this, there are going to be more children. Sing, O barren woman. This passage starts with, with this de declaration, sing in faith, because more children are coming. Do you know what I believe as churches in these valleys, we need to start singing in faith? Because more children are coming. God says this to Isaiah, there, there are going to be more children coming. But this is what I really felt God speak to me, and I hope it speaks to you this morning. These children who are coming, they're not children who grew up in Jerusalem. They're not children who grew up in, in, in your culture. This is what God says to us, through Isaiah to the people. These children that are coming, they're coming from a different culture. They're coming from a different worldview. They're coming, speaking a different language. They might even have different accents. Church, can I tell you, the people who are going to walk through our doors are coming not from Jerusalem. They're not coming from the places we come from. They don't necessarily speak the languages we speak. Their culture is something that is totally different to the one we know. Their values are different. Their experiences will be different. And I just really felt God call on us as a church. There's a call for us to, to prepare for the increase by growing us, growing our culture, 
it's a personal one for all of us, but we were just really felt for us as a church, God was saying, okay, listen, you need to just make little shifts in your priorities, little shifts in your lives. Put God first. Get deeper into the word of God. Stretch yourself. Those words in, increase, expand, stretch yourself. Those, those tent pegs in that passage, that's your stability. Do you know what? That's the word of God. Get stable in the word of God. Get that firm foundation in the word of God. Stretch out your faith. Go to those deep and high places with God because what this world needs is truth wrapped up in grace. Because truth without grace is mean. I don't know if you know that. Grace without truth is meaningless. So what this world needs is truth and grace, truth wrapped up in grace. And we can only give people that by giving them the word of God and following the Spirit of God. So what I hope I, I do this morning is I'd encourage you actually just to get ready for that increase by growing yourself. Make a decision this year that you lean into God with your faith life and not just kind of an average faith life, but actually I'm prepared to go all in. Can I promise you this? This will be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. This will be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. C.S. Lewis said this, if you aim at heaven, you get earth thrown in. If you aim at earth, you get neither. Church, if we start aiming at earth, we won't get anything. If we aim at heaven, we get earth thrown in. If we go all in for God in our faith life, we get this earth thrown in. You know, whatever we starve dies. Whatever we feed thrives. So, so if you're feeding the, the, the culture of the world in your life, if you're starving your Romans, uh, Paul says in Romans about that spiritual man, if you're starving your spiritual man and you're, you're feeding the culture of the world in your life, one's going to thrive, one's going to survive. Our mission statement in Newbridge starts with the, the words revive hearts. We're called Revive Church Newbridge. We really felt God had laid that on us. And it's because if you, if you read Ecclesiastes, uh, it says in there that God has planted eternity in the human heart. But we really felt, you know what, there's so many people that have allowed the world's culture, the world's lies, the world's seduction uh, to, to, to thrive, and it's killed off the Spirit of God in them. And so our heart is to say, we want to revive that. We want to revive that in people's hearts. I believe that God wants to revive that in this community, because it's there. But I believe passionately it starts with us. I want to show you a picture if I can. Um, you may have seen this picture before, but does anyone know where this is? It's not Abrahamic. Any guesses? Not Australia. I did use someone say Australia. It's in California. It's a place called Death Valley. And it's Death Valley for a simple reason, because it never rains so nothing grows. Well, in 2004, something incredible happened. Seven inches of rain fell in a really short amount of time, and it turned the whole valley into a muddy mess. That's what happened a few months later. That's the same valley. That is Death Valley. And I want you to hear this this morning. Death Valley wasn't dead, it was dormant. That underneath the ground in Death Valley, there were seeds of potential that just needed the right environment, and they'll grow. Church, can I tell you, in your life, there are seeds of potential that are just waiting for the right environment to grow. Can I tell you, God wants you to bloom? God wants you to flourish. You're not called to be dead. You're not called to be dormant. You're called to have, what did Jesus say, life and life to the full. We're called.
called to live a full life. They call this a super bloom. Who wants to live a super bloom life? If you get into the right environments, if you, if you plant yourself in the right environments, you'll flourish. Psalm 92 says this, those who are planted in the house of God shall flourish in the courts of God. We're not here to help you survive. We're help you to thrive. We're here to help you thrive. That's our heart in Newbridges, and I know this is Luke's heart, that we want people to flourish. If you, if you ever come to our church, you'll see the same three statements on everything we do. Revive hearts, restore hope, rebuild lives. We're a church that wants to see people having their hearts revived. That thing that's in their heart that God's planted there, we want to see that come alive in them. We want to see people have their hope restored so they can be set free from anything that's holding them back. And then when they're free, then they can start to rebuild their lives, discovering the purpose and the call that God's put on them so that they can live a life that flourishes. Who wants to flourish this morning? So how do we do it? David says this, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. Where do we flourish? In God's presence. He'll show us the path of life because in his presence is fullness of joy. And I want to bring a short message this morning just on this simple uh, act of pursuing the presence of God. I have this belief that we can that pursuing the presence of God is the most important thing we can do in our lives. That whatever we do, if we, we, we do Anything from a heart that pursues the presence of God will flourish. 2 Chronicles 16 says this, The eyes of the Lord search search the whole earth in order to strengthen those people who are fully committed to him. Hebrews 11 says, God rewards those who earnestly seek after him. David says this, My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, I am coming. Can I tell you, God wants us to seek him. God wants us to seek his face, to seek his presence. And then when we do, we find fullness of joy. There's actually a calling our lives to, to come close to God, to, to sit in his presence. Jesus said, come and, come and worship him in spirit and truth. Now, I don't know if you know the Greek for this, but the, 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 the word that Jesus uses in the Greek there is the word proskunia. Does anyone know what it means? It means to kiss. And it's not, a, it's not a kiss between lovers. Hebrew is a pictorial language. And, and the, the picture the Hebrew gives is this. is, is like a dog licking his master's hand. That's what God's looking for. That the worshipping him like a dog licking his master's hand. Now, I don't know if anyone uh, owns a Dachshund. I love Dachshunds. I love Dachshunds. And I had a friend once who owned a Dachshund. And I don't know about you. But if you don't know what a dachshund is, imagine a sausage with legs. Pretty much what a dachshund is. And my friend had a dachshund, and can I tell you, a dachshund on a laminate flooring is the funniest thing in the world. You can put any TV program on, it will not be a dachshund on a laminate flooring. And this, you know, my friend had this laminate floor in his hallway, so we'd kind of go around his house, and he would run up to us, and his little legs are doing this, and he, he's trying to get to himself. Because the floor was laminate, his, his legs are slipping all over the place, and he would jump up and lick his hat, lick our hands. And, and his tail was wagging, and his legs were slipping, and I'd imagine he'd be going, Hallelujah! You're here! My favorite people! And he would just jump up because he wants to get close to you. That's what God wants. That's what God wants. He wants us 
When we walk into church, we're running in and we can't get to church quick enough because we want to get into church and go, hallelujah. God, you're here. In his presence is fullness of joy. Can I suggest to you a lot of, lot of uh, Christians aren't like that. They like this next picture. <laughs> Waymaker, miracle worker. God, come to me. Indifferent, passive. God, I'll, I'll come to you when I want something. Can we not be cats? God wants people to run towards him. James says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But you know what? There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a condition there. We have to make the first move. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. God's attracted to people who seek him. And he promises us that when we look to him wholeheartedly, we'll find him. If you've got your Bibles, I'd love you to turn to Psalm 27. Um, there's a little header there in Psalm 27 that tells us this psalm was written by... David, and when you read this, when you hear the name King David in the Bible, you might think of David and Goliath. And we have this assumption in church that David had a great life. That David had a fantastic life, that he, he never did anything wrong. But here's the reality. David had loads of disappointments. David had loads of failures. He faced a lion and a bear. He faced Goliath. He was hunted by King Saul. He had to run for his life. He found himself at one point living in enemy territory with no food or weapons. He was betrayed by a close friend. His infant son died days after birth. His own sons, if you read later in David's life, his own sons turn on him. It says even his wife despised him. But David says this, the one thing I would ask is to live in the house of of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. Now, you'd think David would pray for victory. you think David would pray for, for resources, for finances, for, 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 for peace in his kingdom. We praise this, the one thing I ask. If you could ask one thing from God, what would you ask for? Can I suggest we've all prayed for different things in our life? Depending on our circumstances, some of them good, some of them maybe not so good, maybe some of them a little strange. But we all pray for something. Perhaps because we felt, you know, has anyone ever prayed for a parking space? I heard a story once from a woman who, who had an issue with uh, habitual shopping. She just couldn't stop shopping. And she said, God, if I'm not meant to go shopping today, or sorry, if, if you want me to go shopping today, you'll find me a parking space. Well, lo and behold, after the seventh time around the parking lot, she found a parking space. God answered her prayer. You might pray your sports team might win. I'm a Spurs fan. I've been praying that for many years. You might pray for a partner, boyfriend, girlfriend. You might pray for a new job. You might pray for a promotion. You might pay, pray for a, a pay rise. But David says, the one thing I ask is to live in the house of God all the days of my life. Life And I, I'm convinced that that was David's request because the most important thing in King David's life wasn't victory, 
It wasn't uh, the, the lack of enemies. It wasn't peace in his kingdom. It wasn't resources. It wasn't an end to his troubles. David knew the most important thing in his life wasn't necessarily his own health or his own wealth or his own strength. The most important thing in David's life was his relationship with God. The most important thing in David's life was the presence of God. And when his focus was on being in God's presence, everything else flowed from that place. David says these words, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? You're in God's presence, you don't need to fear. If you're in God's presence, you don't need to fear. My heart will not be afraid. I'll remain confident. I'll hold my head high. That doesn't sound like a man who lived with fear or grief, or disappointment. Why? Because he lived in the presence of God. And David knew this. As long as he was in the presence of God, he didn't need to be afraid. He didn't ask for protection. He didn't ask for help. The one thing he seeked was to be in the presence of God. He ends this psalm, he ends this psalm with these words, I'm confident I'll see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Through his relationship with God, David knew he'd see the goodness of God. He'd see his provision. He'd see his protection. He'd know his peace. He'd see his grace at work in her life. He didn't have to wait till he got to heaven. He'd experienced it during his time on earth because he lived in the presence of God. Why? Because in his presence is fullness of joy. Hebrews 4 says this, let us come boldly to the throne. Let us come boldly into his presence. There we'll receive mercy and you'll find grace when we need it most. If you need to experience God's grace this morning, if you need to experience God's mercy, you'll find it in his presence. Isaiah 2 says, let's go to the mountain of the Lord. Let's get into God's presence. What will happen there? He'll teach us his ways. And we'll walk in his path. If you need God's direction this morning, you'll find it in his presence. Isaiah 40 says this, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. If you're here this morning and you need God's strength, you'll find it in his presence. Church, as you begin to unpack this vision that, that Luke has brought you, that as you, you see that expansion, that as you see people come in, can I just speak over you that these people aren't going to speak your language? They're going to ask questions that you haven't been asked before. But the answer is in God's presence. As these people come in, you're, you're going to face, uh, I don't understand like the brother of doom, but, but you're going to face problems and issues and challenges that you've, you've never had to face before. But guess what? The solutions are found in the presence of God. There will be mountains and barriers and, and blockages that you've never come against before, but the breakthrough is found in the presence of God. I want to invite the band back up if I can, because I want to encourage you Kind of as you begin to outwork this, this vision that Luke has laid on you. Yeah, yeah, come on up, yeah, come on up. So I want to make this a personal decision for you. This isn't something necessarily we can do corporately. This is a personal thing between you and God. That, that choice to expand. That choice to extend. That choice to hold nothing Back, that choice to continue growing spiritually, continue growing in the word of God. Do you know what? You're going to need God. So I want to encourage you to come to it seeking God's face first. Come to it with an understanding of who God is. When you, when you come to worship in the morning, declare who God is. When you open up your Bible 
take a moment to remind yourself who God is. When you come to your times of prayer, before you ask for anything, rehearse in your mind who God is, because that's what David does in this psalm. He says, the Lord's my light. He's my salvation. He's my fortress. He'll protect me. He'll cover me, because when I understand who God is, I don't need to fear. So I'm in his presence. Psalm 23 says, the Lord's my shepherd. He provides for me. I have all that I need. He gives me rest. He leads me. He renews my strength. He guides me. He's close beside me. He protects me. He comforts me. Church, we need to rehearse who God is. Because when we come into him, the first thing we need to do is come into him knowing who God is. He's all faithful. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's merciful. He forgives my sins. He is love. He's my life. He's my salvation. He's my stronghold. He's my provider. He's my maker. He's my fortress. He's my refuge. He's my helper. He's my healer. He's my redeemer. He's my anchor in every storm. He's my hope in every shadow. He's my strength. In every battle, he's a good, good father. He's a way maker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in your darkness. And I know this, that we'll see his goodness. That we'll see his victory. We'll see his power at work on the earth when we stand in his presence. Can I invite you, if you're able, and we stand together? I know some of you might have been looking at your watch and thinking, oh, he's short. <laughs> Here's the point. I want us to give God some time. Too often as a leader, as a pastor, I know the temptation to get through the meeting. But I want to give us some time. Where we just invite God to move. Invite God to speak. Commit again to living in his presence. Maybe just where you are, my in your mind, rehearse who God is. There'll be a word, there'll be a phrase that will be yours, that will be very personal to you about how your relationship with God is. God, you're my provider. God, you're my hope. God, you're my strength, my redeemer, my restorer, my anchor. Spirit of God, would you move in this place? Father God, we worship you this morning. We make a decision this morning to spend more of our time in your presence.
to live in your presence. In your presence, God, is fullness of joy. Your word says, grant us again the joy of our salvation. May we find it in your presence. Holy Spirit, would you blow through this room? Blow through our hearts. Convict us, God. Challenge us. And we make a decision from this morning to live in your presence more. To choose to live in your presence every day. To choose to go deeper into your word. As we come into your presence, we discover more of who you are. The all-powerful, all-sufficient God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace. You are here, moving in this place. So we come to worship. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. I lay it all down again. To hear you say that I
Isaiah 54, you get to Isaiah 55. And Isaiah 55 starts with these words, Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Come and take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. But it's the next verse that challenged me. It says this, Why spend your money on food that doesn't give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? And there's a metaphor there. It's not about ham and chips. It's about what you're putting into your life. I call it spiritual tofu. Why are you putting this into your body when it does you no good? Why are you allowing this into your life? But it's not doing anything for you. And then he says this, listen to me. You'll eat what's good. You'll enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you'll find life. I just felt that's for someone this morning. That maybe there's been something where you've just chosen... I don't know either what the world says about you over what God says about you. You've chosen the world's opinion over what maybe God's opinion is. But God says this, come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. So if the band can lead us in that again, and if that's you, if you know that's speaking to you, if you know that's challenging you, these words are the words you need to God, you're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. Draw me close. Don't let me go. I promise you, God is near. Why don't we sing again?
Lord, we want to be carriers of your presence to the world around us as well. Lord, we know that everything we need this morning is found in you, it's found in your presence. So, Lord, just thank you for your word to us. And Lord, even as we leave this place, may your presence go with us. May your presence go before us. As Moses said, Lord, we don't want to go anywhere where your presence is. So, Lord, lead us into this week. Guide us this week. Lord, may this word just be a reminder to us constantly. And we thank you for this privilege of being able to come into your presence. So, all because of what you have done. Jesus, we want to say thank you. Lord, thank you for Gareth this morning. Thank you for his word, Lord. Thank you for Hannah, Lord. For Naomi, for Lily, Lord. And we pray you'll just bless them mightily as a family, Lord. May they continually know your presence with them, Lord. As they go, Lord, bless that church down there, Lord. Bless Revive Church Newbridge, Lord. May they see revival there, Lord. May they see restoration. May they see people's lives rebuilt there, we pray. Bless Newbridge, we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we just pray you continue to move in this place. Stretch us, grow us, we pray. Prepare us, Lord, for all that you are going to do. For Lord, you promised that latter days are going to be greater than the former days. And we're standing on that word today. So Lord, we just thank you for all that you've done in our lives. We honor you this morning. Yeah. We worship you.